Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Before, uh, before I go into the scriptures, why don't you go ahead and, and jump to Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. My, uh, my wife and I drove into town last night just after midnight, and we were coming in from Wachula. How many of you ever been to the thriving metropolis of Wachula, Florida? We, uh, we were ministering last night at the School of Supernatural Ministry, 411, it's what it's called. The, uh, the founder, her name is Button Bright. She's an amazing woman of God, amazing woman of God. Many of you know her daughter, Kelly Horn, and Kelly and her husband, Corey, have ministered here many, many times, but her mother and her father, Ronnie, they run um, the, and oversee um, the 411 School of Ministry. We had a powerful time in Wachula last night. My wife was with me, and um, I just, Bryn had something just really neat to release to the body there and to the students, and it was just a powerful night, and then we called everybody for prayer, and we were about, I don't know, five minutes deep into our fire tunnel. Everybody had just lined up around the building and the wall. We were about five minutes deep into our fire tunnel, and throughout my message, I kept seeing just these blasts of lightning through the windows, and the storm was all around us, and so we started the fire tunnel, and the lights go out. Not only the lights in the church, the lights in the entire city of Wachula was black. It was crazy. Thank God for charged iPhones. And we hit our flashlights. There were flashlights all over that church. It was crazy. People were coming through and falling everywhere and laying in the carpet. And I mean, in the dark, it was, it was a lot of fun, <laughs> actually. It was a blast. God is so good. So we had a, we had a beautiful night, and uh, I'm in my lower register tonight because I preached last night, so you can kind of hear that. It's got a little raspy tonight. Like a rock. Oh, like a rock. That was my Bob Seger imitation tonight, that rasp, raspy rasp. Well... I'm excited about what the Lord's about to release to us. I really am. I want to speak to you tonight on a different type of uh, subject matter. And I want to talk to you tonight about learning how to stand before the Lord. And learning how to minister unto the Lord. If you're taking some notes tonight, you want to write that down. If you're not taking notes tonight, you, you want to write that down. Learning how to stand and minister before the Lord. I, um, I grew up in a charismatic environment. Uh, many would call a Pentecostal environment where um, I've seen bodies hit the floor. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I've seen the bodies hit the floor. And <clears throat> what we would commonly call in circles where I've come from is being slain in the spirit. You may be sitting out there and you think, well, Brian, have you ever been really slain in the spirit? Yes. My answer, yes. Here's my other answer. I don't give courtesy calls for anybody. I do not let people push me over. Amen, that's a good word. And don't let anyone ever push you over. Amen. I remember years ago, the first church I was pastoring, and we had a, we had a, a guest minister that, who was becoming a new friend, and he came in, he was pushing people over. And Sky, you're smiling, you may remember who this is, but the guy, <laughs> the guy was going through, and he, he was just pushing people over, and I was so grieved in my spirit because that's just not the culture of, of our ministry whatsoever. You know, the, 
The truth of the matter is, is that the Lord can put you on the floor tonight, no problem. It's not hard for the Lord to put you on the floor. And it's not hard for the Lord to stick you to the ceiling tonight either. Whatever he prefers. <laughs> but I remember he came to the church and uh, I was so grieved and had to pull him aside afterwards and, and just, you know, lovingly say, hey, you're, you're just out of order. That's so wrong. You, you can't do that. And it didn't go so well. But anyway, um, <laughs> ministry is a lot of fun. <laughs> so I had to apologize to a number of people in our church. And you know how that is. And it just goes with the territory. But um, <clears throat> you need to know that you're in a safe environment. You're in a safe place. And... I want you to know something that the Holy Spirit, what he does is holy. His ministry is holy. He can surely put you on the floor, what we would commonly call being slain in the spirit. And I've seen a lot of that. <clears throat> but I want you to make no mistake tonight that the power of the Holy Spirit can absolutely place you on the floor. But I want to tell you what else the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit can make you stand in an hour and a day of conformity and terrible compromise. While everyone is bowing down to the spirit of this age so easily, they're being so coerced to bow down to the spirit of this age. You hear me tonight. You hear me and you hear the Holy Spirit in me. Holy Spirit wants to put an anointing in you to stand. And stand with no compromise. And stand valiant and stand strong and stand bold as a lion in this hour. We need some Shadrachs. Thank you, Jane. I see that hand. We need some Meshachs. We need some Abednegoes. Who says, no, 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 I, I'm not bowing down to that. I'm not backing up. I'm not cowering to that. It's amazing how many nations are bowing down to an antichrist spirit right now so easily. So easily. Bowing down. They can't even stand. Leaders of nations can't even stand against demonic movements. Leaders Governors, officials can't stand up to what is actually a spirit behind a movement. It's amazing how people are struggling to stand in this hour. The Holy Spirit wants to give you an anointing to stand in the day of adversity, the day of evil, the day of corruption, the day of compromise. Holy Spirit wants to give you an anointing to stand. I remember I was in a, a meeting years ago, and probably 100 people fell to my right, and 100 people fell to my left, and the guest minister kept coming back to me and just smacking me on the forehead, smacking me on the forehead, smacking me on. I, I wanted to just open my eyes and say, look, dude, there, there's not a fly on my head. Get it. See, it's not about falling down. It's about receiving. It's not about falling down. If the Lord puts you on the floor, then he puts you on the floor. It's about receiving. So I want you to receive tonight. I believe that I'm carrying a very, very strong word that's going to encourage you. It's going to stay with you. And it's going to keep you in this hour. How many of you believe the Lord is truly going to return soon? I believe it with all my heart. And we're in an hour where the Holy Spirit is pouring out fresh oil so that we are prepared and ready as the bride of Christ to go into the bridal chamber to meet the Lord as he comes. And he's coming soon. And he's coming quickly. And we must be reminded of this all the time because of the spin out of the world, the spin cycle of the world. I'm coming at you tonight. I feel like I need to get a little bit closer up in your space. 
You're in Ephesians 6 tonight. Are you there? In verse 10, finally, my brothers, and I'm going to say, and my sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's a good word right there. Be strong in the Lord. This is what we need to hear in this hour. Somebody needs to tell you, and I'm that somebody. Be strong in the Lord. I'm that somebody tonight. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. Spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Therefore, stand, girding your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you can you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all power and supplication, in prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I'm going to go back to verse 14. I want you to see this one more time. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore, stand therefore. I want to talk to you tonight about learning how to stand before God. I want to talk to you tonight about standing and ministering unto the Lord. Something that I have always predetermined to do in my ministry is to help people get out of the trap and the snare of virtual reality. It's called, we walk by faith and not by sight. But I want to contextualize this in the realm of of what we do is when we come together as a family and as we worship. Because the way that we're wired, we're captivated by the atmospheres of just what goes on in the natural. We come into rooms, we come into atmospheres, and we're caught up in natural things. We're caught up in natural aesthetics. We could be meeting in a barn tonight. Thank God we've got air conditioning this night. But we could be meeting in a barn tonight. We could be meeting... In a tent tonight, we could be meeting in an open field. I had an amazing dream last week of an open field. I'm going to tell that dream later. Not tonight, but later. It, we get caught up in aesthetics. We get caught up in just natural things and, you know, the, the, the smell of people, the smell of their cologne. <laughs> you know, just being around people and being in the environment of a worship service but see, David, David's desire when he went to find and recover the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines, you remember that Saul had lost, the, or the, ark, the Ark had been lost, not by Saul, but the Ark had been lost under the reign of Eli the priest and under Hophni and Phinehas. You remember that. There was a corrupted priesthood that mishandled the holy. And they lost the Ark in a war against the Philistines, and now the ark is in the hands of the enemy. Now Saul becomes king. Saul has no earthly desire, no spiritual desire to even go and look for the ark of the covenant, and that alone is baffling to me. That he had no, he didn't even have it on his his kingly to-do list to actually go and find and inquire where the ark of the covenant was resting. To find their inheritance of what was holy in the earth. Didn't even have it in his mind or on the list. 
So David, David becomes king, and he says, we're going to go and find the ark. And he knew where the ark was resting. It was in a place called Kirjath-Jerim, which means the place of the field, the place of the woods. And so they went out after the ark, and I'm not going to belabor the story, but the mystery of it is, and it's, it's still mysterious, and it's still glorious, and it's still rapturous, is that David brought the Ark of the Covenant back in, but he didn't follow any level of protocol that, Mo- that Moses had established in the first tabernacle. And they bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Zion, and he wraps around, he puts the Ark under a tent, He doesn't create an outer court, an inner court, the most holy place with a veil. No, he doesn't do that. He creates a tent of meeting. That's what it's called, the tent of meeting. He places the ark in there, and it was a tent with roll-up sides. And the Levites surrounded it 24-7 for 33 and a half years for every year that Jesus would walk the earth as a prophetic prototype. And day and night, night and day, Praise and worship and honor and glory went up before the presence of the Lord as the Ark of the Covenant rested in Zion. Now, why am I taking my time to go through this? And I'm going to take my time tonight. So strap in. All right? I remember years ago when I was in a level of struggle with the call of God on my life. And I've shared some of this before, and it, and it seemed at that time, my wife and I, if we got into any level of prophetic activity in a meeting, people would, would call me and my wife out, and there, there would be all these different words. You're a prophet. You're an apostle. You're a revivalist. You know, all, all these different words. And, um, and I could go on and on and on. There was all these, all these funny things, and I had a list of them in my journal, my wife and I. We were like, wow, that, that's great, you know. <laughs> You're a barber. No, I'm kidding. So, come on. Are you with me tonight? So, I asked the Lord one day. I said, Lord, what am I? Now, I was in my, I was in my early 20s, my mid-20s. <laughs> I said, Lord, who, who am I to you? And he didn't answer me back that you're an apostle. He didn't answer me back and say, you're my evangelist. He didn't say, you're my pastor. But he clearly spoke to me and he said, you're my rallying point. And he said, I'm going to use your life to rally my people to the glory of my face. And that's what you're to give your life to. And when I read through 1st and 2nd Samuel, I see in the life of David, David never rallied the children of Israel to himself, although he could. But he didn't do that. He chose, because he had a divine obsession working on the depths of his spirit, to rally the people around the very glory of God, to encounter the manifest presence of God in what we know to be the Ark of the Covenant. So I'm going to go back to where I first started painting. When I come into a meeting, and it's happened tonight, when I come into a meeting, I'm not caught up in this room. What I deliberately do all the time is I tell you who you are. I tell you all the time who you are in this church. Because a lot of times people are looking into the mirror of the Word of God And they see who they are, and then they walk away from it, and they forget who they are. And thus is our dilemma, right? Forgetting who we really are. So when we come together, I remind you, you're a son, and you're a daughter of God. And I remind you that you have been given access to the very throne of God. And what we're doing in in a place of worship is not just trying to find the right songs. It's not Cody and Sandra's and whoever's responsibility to be your cheerleader. They're not to work you up into some adrenalized lather. They are coming in here to lead us into a place before the throne of God. 
That's what I try to do in my ministry. I am trying to rally us as sons and daughters and the access and the privilege that we have to come before the very throne of God. And so that we're not limited in virtual reality and we're stuck in, you know, is the fans moving or are they not? And what color flag? And, you know, and I don't like his cologne. And we're, all those natural things have to be flushed down the toilet. And we've got to get into a realm of revelation and understanding of the access that we have to come before the throne of God as sons and daughters in heavenly places. And see, Paul takes so much extravagant writing in time to pour in this revelation that we have been raised up with Christ in heavenly places, that, that Christ ascended and he was seated at the right hand of God. And this spirit of revelation and, and, and knowledge and wisdom is accessible to us because we have been raised with Christ and seated with him in a realm of dominion and authority and power Beyond the heights of principalities, powers, thrones, rulers of darkness, he writes this majestic revelation out for us so that we have an understanding. And that understanding is, is that you are not under the dominion of the circumstances of virtual reality of this earth ruling your life. You and I have been raised with Christ, and we have been seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2 and 6. As Christ was raised up, so we too were raised up together with Him, seated in heavenly places. Now, we keep hearing that, but our minds aren't being renewed to it. And don't let me fool you tonight, and I'm not trying to fool you to think that I've apprehended a total revelation on this. I am still grappling to understand this. I am still grappling. I'm still reaching. I'm still running after this to, as Paul says, to apprehend that which has now apprehended me. Heavenly places. Heavenly places. If you're taking notes tonight, write it down. Heavenly places. If you're not taking notes tonight, write down heavenly places. Why, Brian? Why? Because we're stuck in worship services. And God wants to get us unstuck in worship services so that we are actually creating a throne zone of the glory of God because we become a people who is caught up in the realm of the Spirit. God wants to teach us the realm of the Spirit. So much of what we do is bound to the natural mind. We come into prayer services, and this is not be, this is observations. This is not being critical. This is observations. So much of what we do is out of the natural mind. It's out of the natural understanding. But that's why the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could actually have access into the realm and the dimension of the Spirit by praying in the Spirit. We are a charismatic Pentecostal people of God who have been in the immersion or the baptism of the Spirit, we've been given an access or doorway into that realm and manifestation of the Spirit through the baptism. So when we come together and we start praying in the Spirit and we start worshiping in the Spirit, what is actually happening if you... See, you got to be patient. Because I will tell people... <laughs> I will tell people, let's sing in the Spirit. And they can do it for 20 seconds. I will tell people, sing in the Spirit. We'll be in the prayer room. Pray in the Spirit. They can pray strong for 30 seconds. And then their wave is about that big. And, and I, they're on their surfboard. It, it's that big. It's, it's, just, it's like a mosquito bite. It's like a little bump. It's a, there it is. 
I can be up here. I can encourage. Let's go. Let's go. Let's lift our voice. Let's sing in the spirit. We're not just trying to do spiritual gymnastics or work something up. None of us in here, none of us in here enjoy hype and gimmicks. I want what's real. I hate what's fake, but I love what's real. But when we begin to move in the spirit, what is happening is, is we're learning how to navigate or maneuver in a realm of the spirit. We've got to learn a new way. We've got to learn a new way. We've got to learn how to maneuver ourselves in the realm of the spirit. 1960s, the, the, the Russians in the United States were in a race to space. And Sputnik broke into a realm. What happened was, in billions of dollars, billions and billions of dollars were being given to the space community to be able to break into that barrier. But what happened was, as Russia broke in, once they broke out of the atmosphere and they were in that, that thin space between Earth and space, they weren't able to find their way to learn how to maneuver in space. And thankfully, we were able to surpass them and tap into a realm of revelation on how to begin to find a new equilibrium or a way of safe passage to learn how to maneuver in the realm of space. Now, if you understand natural things, then you can understand spiritual things. This is 1 Corinthians 15. It's first the natural and then the spiritual. If you understand that natural plane of, of understanding that we literally had to break through into a new realm, we had to be taught in new places of revelation because in heavenly places is where miracles abound. In heavenly places is where revelations abound. In heavenly places is where new business ideas abound. You know where it comes from? It doesn't come of you. It comes from the throne of God. Jesus talked about this in, in, in Matthew 6. He said, go into the secret place and close your door. He says, don't, don't do this out in front of men. Men are looking for glory. They're looking for praise. They want to do it out in front of everyone. Jesus said, no, 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 just throw all that away. Get into your secret place and close the door. And I want to, I want to tell you, see, that's the lost art of learning how to stand and minister unto the Lord. We're just used to getting in, in these types of settings and doing a worship service. I'm telling you, that's not where this house is going. Where this house is going is a people who are behind closed doors in the secret place who have been standing and gazing upon the Lord, standing before the Lord, gazing upon the throne, gazing upon the beauty and the majesty of God, gazing upon the beauty of, of His holiness and then coming into a corporate gathering, and then corporately we begin to look into that realm. And then God begins to move and brood upon us, and he begins to teach us how to come up into the heavenly places. If Enoch was here, you can find it in Genesis 5. If Enoch was here tonight, he would tell you, I was learning realms of God. I was learning realms of the Spirit, how to have fellowship with God, how to be a friend with God. I was just being a friend with God. I was having walks with God, talks with God. And it got so much that Enoch got so out there in a realm of the Spirit that he couldn't find his way back. And God took him. You know, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, It is appointed to every man to die once, and then the judgment. There's two men that have never died, Elijah and Enoch. In Revelation chapter 11, there are two witnesses that come into the earth during the tribulation that have power like the earth has never seen before. Power like the earth has never witnessed or seen before. I believe prophetically those two individuals are Elijah and Enoch that will be released during the tribulation. What an assignment. 
our highest privilege in all creation. Hear me tonight. Hear the Holy Spirit through me. Our highest privilege in all creation is to stand before the living fire in the throne of God. See, you don't live your life in your master bedroom. You don't live your life in your house. You don't live your life in your car. You don't live your life in front of people. You actually live your life before the throne of God. You and I are actually numbered in the innumerable mass called the sea of glass in the book of Revelation that is before the throne. And when you begin to worship, when you step into your place as a royal priest and you stand before the Lord and you begin to minister unto the Lord, you are there in the spirit. The problem is, is that we're trying to do this a few times a week with friends instead of doing it every day and accessing our place before the throne of God that we have access to. Are you with me tonight? Come on, are you with me? Make no mistake, your schedule does not want you to stand before God. The busyness of your life does not want you to stand before God. The cares of this world, they do not want you to stand before God. I'll tell you that hell's power doesn't want you standing in your place as a son and daughter before the throne of God. Hmm. Paul writes, he says, you have to be able to stand in a day of evil intention, of evil works. You have to be able to stand. You need to hear this tonight. You have to be able to stand, though you have mega warfare against you. You have to be able to stand in the midst of all the pressing in this life. You have to stand regardless of the resistance and the hassles and the weariness that you face in your life. You got to be able to stand up underneath distresses. You got to be able to stand regardless of personal failures that you've had and collapses that you had and how you had to grapple to get yourself back on your feet to stand again. You got to stand in the midst of grief. You got to stand in the midst of pain. You got to stand in the midst of pain. You got to stand in the midst of sorrows. In this life, you will have many troubles, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You will have many trials, you'll have many offenses, many sorrows, many pains. You have to learn how to stand despite the loneliness, despite the abandonment, despite the rejections. You have to learn how to stand up and gird yourself in God. And when you've done all that you can do to stand, you've got to keep standing. If the apostles were here, they would tell you, even when we were chained, we didn't realize Everything that Jesus said was actually going to come to pass. But in our chains and in our afflictions and being in prison, we still had to learn how to stand. Wow. I tell you that we have to learn how to stand because of the cross. We have to learn how to stand because of the blood of Jesus. We have to learn how to stand as sons and daughters because of the affections and the adorations that Jesus has poured out upon our lives. He's worthy of it all. We've got to learn how to stand. He's worthy of it all. My God. Stand before the beauty of the Lamb. Stand before the beauty of the Lamb. Stand for God because you are a son and a daughter. Don't forget your identity. Don't forget who you are. And don't forget the access that you have been given. Yeah. 
Stand because of the everlasting mercies that God has poured out on your life. Stand. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, excuse me, chapter 10 tonight. There's a ministry description of the Levites. And if you remember, they were the tribe. The tribe of Levites were the ones who were called to minister unto the Lord as priests. Deuteronomy chapter 10. The Levites were the ones, they were the called out tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel. And God designated, He identified and designated, I want this particular tribe to be the called out ones that minister unto the holy. And we find the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 8. It says that at the time the Lord separated. Are you there? Tell me if you're there. At the time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. To stand before the Lord to minister to him and to bless his name to this day. I want you to write these, first, these three things down. This is what we learn right here. Bear up the Ark of the Covenant. That means that they had a ministry. They had to learn how to handle and host the holy. They had to learn how to handle and host the holy. Number two, they had to learn how to stand before the Lord and minister unto him. Number three, they had to learn how to release a blessing in the name of the Lord. This is what the priesthood did. This is what the Levites did. They bore up under the Ark of the Covenant. They stood before the Lord to minister unto Him, to bless His name to this day. They handled the holy. They hosted the holy, the Ark of the Covenant. They had to stand before the Lord to minister unto Him and then release blessing. One of our prime responsibilities and our privileges as sons and daughters is to stand before the Lord and just learn how to minister unto him. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're not Levites. We're not even of the tribe of Levi. We're of the tribe of Melchizedek, according to the scriptures, which Jesus is our Melchizedek. The priesthood of Levi has been long done away with, and a new priesthood arise, the priesthood after Melchizedek, who is Christ himself. And we are now the very ark of God's presence and the very temple that God lives and dwells in. Now we must learn how to handle and holy, handle and host the holy. We must learn how to stand before the Lord and how to minister unto Him. Stand. Stand. I want you to write this down tonight. There are seasons when God simply will call you just to stand. There are seasons when God will just simply call you to stand. You know, what, what we prefer, because we, we prefer to be adrenalized after chasing causes. If we could just get under another banner or another flag or another cause. And look, I know this very well. I'm in and out of Washington, D.C. enough to understand. People love to run under the adrenalized form of another cause and another plan, and another banner. We, we love that, don't we? We love that. But sometimes God will actually call you to stop all your activity and just stand. You believe it's true or not? I'm wondering, do you believe it's true or not? Sometimes God will actually give you no other choice but just to stand. Sometimes in your life, all you will have to do, there will be no other choice, brother. There will be no other choice that you have. You have to stand your ground. Wow. Wow. Have, has anyone in this room ever heard this statement? Don't just stand there. Do something. <laughs> you ever heard that, Leah? 
Don't just stand there. Uh, do something. You know, that, that advice may work every once in a while. Nobody likes lazy people, right? Don't just stand there. Uh, pick up a wrench and help. Pick, pick you know, do, serve, do something. Don't just stand there. No, I get all that. But what if God just said to you, don't just do something. Stand there. What if God just said, no, 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 don't do something? Because what happens is, is when we're not hearing from God, we, we divert to our default. And our default is just to do something. And then once we start doing something and we're trotting through doing something, we start asking God to bless what we're doing. Guys are smart. Right? We just start doing rather than learning the lost art of our priesthood as sons and daughters before God to just stand before him and minister unto him and then wait and wait in the sheer pleasure of ministering unto God for him to speak to you. And then you get your assignment and then you get your marching orders. But until you hear that, your assignment is just to stand and minister unto the Lord. <laughs> Don't just do something. Stand there and wait on God. Don't just do something. Stand there and wait on God. Okay, just stand there and host the presence. You've stood, enough, you've stood in front of many, many crowds. You just worship, worship, whether they're in, whether they're out. You just stand and you worship unto the Lord. If they don't run with you, they don't run with you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You stand and worship the Lord. You stand and minister unto the Lord. It doesn't matter who Billy Bob and what he's doing right next to you. No, you stand in your place. And whether they're hot or cold, it doesn't matter. You're standing in your place. When I stand in this room and I stand amongst this family and this tribe, I stand in my place. I, I don't miss my access. I don't miss my access point. I don't miss what we're contending for because God's wanting to teach us how to navigate and learn how to start maneuvering in heavenly places. Psalm chapter 16 and, and verse 8, David says these words. He says, I have set the Lord always before me. Ha, ha, woo-hoo. Yes, David, my man, <laughs> I have set the Lord always before me. Brother, let me tell you right now, let me tell it to you straight, and you sisters, your authority, your authority and your confidence in your life only comes from one place, and it ain't the next self-help book you're going to read. Your confidence and your authority will come out of your life by standing and learning how to minister unto the Lord. David said, I have set the Lord before me continually. I want to tell you what that looks like. You, you see, you remember Pilate was giving Jesus garbage and trying to flex his muscles and put out his chest and show him what kind of authority that he had? Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let, let me just let you in on something. You don't have any authority. The reason that you're able to do what you're actually doing right now is because that authority has been granted to you out of another realm and another dimension, and it's my kingdom. Jesus lived his life standing before his father. The prophet Elijah, you can find this in 1 Kings 17, the way that Elijah described himself, you know how he described himself? He said, I'm the prophet that stands before the living God. 
When he was standing before Ahab and Jezebel, and they were trying to put intimidation upon him, he was actually standing before the throne, the throne of Ahab. But yet, watch this. Elijah bypasses everything in virtual reality and tells Ahab, I stand before the very throne in the presence of God. He was telling them, I'm not waxing because of you. I'm not even afraid of you because I don't even stand before you. I stand before the Lord my God. Oh, my. I think we can learn a little something tonight from the angels. Did, did Brian say angels? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think we can learn a little something from angels tonight. I want to take you into a story, and there's this, there's this angel that we get acquainted with through the scriptures, and his name is Gabriel. Are you with me tonight? Gabriel first shows up in the scriptures to a prophet named Daniel. That's the first time that we get acquainted with the, pro, with, with the angel Gabriel. He shows up to Daniel the prophet. Then... 600 years later, we meet Gabriel again, and now he's on a different assignment. He's not meeting up with the prophet this time. He's meeting up with a priest named Zacharias. And Zacharias is ministering. Are you all still with me? Come on, are you still with me? Zacharias is ministering in the temple before the Lord in the holy place, not the most holy place, but now he's in the holy place. He's somewhere between the 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 table of showbread, the brazen, um, the the altar of incense, and the and the candlestick of the Lord, the menorah. He's ministering somewhere in there. And how many of you know who I'm talking about right now? This is John the Baptist's dad. Are you with me, Bruce? This is John the Baptist's dad, and Gabriel shows up and. He announces to Zacharias in the holy place while he's ministering. He is standing. Watch this. He is standing and ministering unto the Lord. And Gabriel shows up in the temple. And he says, you and your wife are going to be given a son. You're going to name him John. Starts telling him this amazing word of glad tidings. And the crazy thing about the story is, is Zacharias didn't believe Gabriel when he showed up. It's baffling. He's standing in the very temple of God. The angel manifests and is talking to him. And he doesn't believe it. And Gabriel, let me read you the scripture. Ha <laughs> ha. You find this in Luke chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Are you there? Luke chapter 1, it's on the screen. Luke chapter 1, 19, 20. And the angel answered to him, now watch these words, I and Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Behold, you will be mute. And you're not going to be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Now, if you look through the conversation, you'll find out that Gabriel was already talking and Zacharias didn't believe it. So it's almost like uh, you, you can just feel it in the text. Okay, Gabriel has to take it to a whole nother level. Adjust his wings, adjust his cloak. I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. You see what he's in, you see what he's invoking? He's invoking authority and power based on where he stands in proximity to God. I interviewed Gabriel. I talked to him about this before the service. I said, uh, Gabriel, 
what do you do? He says to me, Brian, I stand in the presence of God. I said, yeah, I, 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 I got it. I got it. Uh, what do you actually do? He says, no, no, no. I stand in the presence of God. I said, I, I got that. He says, I stand and I gaze upon the throne of God, the ancient of days. And I minister unto him. I behold the Lord and I wait on him. And then when he speaks and gives me an assignment, I go and I say exactly what he tells me to say. I go exactly where he tells me to go. I do exactly what he tells me to do. All out of my relationship of standing before him and ministering unto him. Are you with me? I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Some of you need to take this personal tonight. It may change your whole life. I'm Jill Critchfield, and I stand in the presence of God. So if you do that, you're no longer standing before man. You're not trying to please men. You're not lusting for their approval. Because you stand in the very presence of God in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. My God. Something very interesting about God is that God will watch you from his throne. God will watch you. He will watch you while you are cultivating all of your gifts. He will watch you while you are refining all of your talents. He will watch you while you're growing in your confidence. He will watch your faith. He will watch your ministry abilities. He will watch you grow until you become a finely tuned piece of instrument before him. Now you're ready to do great exploits before God. You're ready. But then God will take you and so to speak, he'll just kind of put you on a shelf and he'll say, now just stand there. You don't believe it. You don't believe God does this. You're like, no, Brian, you're confused. So I want to go back to Elijah because Elijah is this guy that tells Ahab, I stand before the very presence of God. It's interesting that God puts this to the test. Elijah is the one who prophesies a famine. Are you tracking with me? He prophesies in 1 Kings chapter 17 a famine. And then God raises up a widow to start taking care of him. She opens up the house. She prepares this place for Elijah. And for three years, think of this, for three years, Elijah is caught up in this house during a famine. There's no Twitter. There's no YouTube. I don't know what he, I don't even know what he's doing. There's no Netflix. There's no Facebook. He's being fed flatbread for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's in the middle of a famine. No prophet friends are stopping by to encourage him, lift him up. And he's not saying, hey, God, I, I could have been graduating a, a school of the prophets in the last three years. and I mean, I'm a waste of great talent. I mean, I could have been shaking nations, but here I am staying in a widow's house for three years. <laughs> and now it's starting to hit home. And what he had to learn how to do was stand before God. And he had to pass the test. And so do we. So do we. See, again, 
We're not trapped in here. I got I to keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it. Because the building's going to change. The building's going to change. One day, you're going to be pulling into a driveway, and there's going to be a sign, Victory, Church of His Presence. You're going to drive in there. The building's going to change, but the building's not the vision. The building's just the aesthetic so we can function. It'll be great, but it won't be this building. It'll be a different address. But what we'll be going after as a royal priesthood is learning how to minister properly unto the Lord, patiently, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people, they're impatient. They check in, they check out. I've pastored a while in Florida. This is a transient group of people that live in Florida. I mean, I, I've, well, I better not even go there. I want to encourage somebody in here tonight. I want to encourage you. Do not underestimate your process and your development before God. Do not underestimate your process time and your development time to stand before God. Learn how to minister unto the Lord. We're not into just doing spiritual gymnastics. We're about connecting to the very throne of God. You know, this is going to help somebody in here tonight. You know, how many of you believe there's probably an innumerable, innumerable host of angels around the throne? Well, you answered that question right because that's biblical. Okay? But you know there are angels right now standing and gazing and looking at Jesus right now. They, these angels are standing in honor looking at Jesus on his throne and worshiping him right now. How many of you believe that those angels excel in great strength? Well, you got that question right too because that's biblical. But you know that God has all the strength that he needs in himself. I want to help you tonight. I want to help Brian. My name means strength. Brian means strength. God does not need your strength. He needs your availability. He doesn't need your strength. He needs you to just stand before him and look at him and worship him and honor him and give him gratitude and give him honor and give him glory and just keep looking at him and keep looking at him. I'm telling you what, you know how we're going to overcome in this hour? You get enough news in you, it'll sink your battleship. You get enough, all this terror, you look at what's just happened in Texas tonight, you look at everything that's happening. And I'm telling you, my friend, the secret to overcoming in this life is getting in that secret place and standing before the Lord and gazing upon the beauty of His holiness and learning how to minister unto God, learning how to handle the holy. That's how you and I are going to endure to the very end. God doesn't need your strength. He needs your availability. God doesn't need my strength. It's puny. God is looking for us to stand. So I'm going to come full circle tonight. Now I'm in Ephesians chapter 6 right now. Full circle. Finally, my brethren, you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Where are you going to do this? Where, Jerry, where do you get dressed? 
Do you get dressed in private? Me too. I get, Rick, where do you get dressed? Do you get dressed in private? Well, yeah. We put on our clothes in private. You get dressed in the full armor of God in private. Some of you just got that. You get dressed in the private, secret place, standing before God. See, if you, if you could just see it, here's the table. The soldier does what, Jim? Laid out here is the belt, the sword, the shield, the waistband of truth, the, the shotting of the shoes. What is he doing? He's standing and he's dressing. Are you seeing it? He stands and he dresses. He stands and he grabs his helmet and places it on. He stands and grabs his shield. He stands and puts his sword in his sheath. Are you seeing this? He stands and he gets dressed and he gets ready. You stand and you put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're not wrestling people. People are not your enemy. Get out of the spin cycle of allowing people to twist you up. Don't allow people to manipulate your emotions any longer. You need to remind, listen, you need to remind yourself some of the stuff that people do. It's no reflection on you. It's a reflection on them. Let them be who they are. They're not your enemy. They're not your enemy. You're not fighting flesh and blood. You're fighting an evil presence of a demonic horde. But you have been raised up far above all principalities, powers, rulers, and thrones. And you have been clothed in righteousness and clothed in Christ. And you stand in the very presence of God. And you will be able to stand in the evil day. And when you have done all that you can do to stand, you stand. When you've done all that you can do to stand, you stand. You're not going to be able to jump into another service. You're not going to be able to have somebody play the right tune on the piano to, to get you going. You're just going to have to be clothed in his presence and standing and ministering unto him. And when you've done all that you can do to stand, you stand there. And you learn how to overcome. I'm telling you, I could preach another hour right now. You can't take it. I can see that. The Lord wants to teach us how to maneuver and find our way in another realm, and it's the realm of the Spirit. And it's found, it's found in these gifts of the Spirit, of praying in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, singing off the page. Sing, I thank God for the page. Thank God for the screen. Thank God for the songs. But we've got to start seeing ourselves in the realm of the Spirit. I mean, my God, folks, if I looked in the natural, there are weeks I wouldn't even come to church. I look out and see more empty chairs than people in chairs. If I just looked in the natural, I'd be like, I'm not even rolling out of bed. But I got my assignment. I got my assignment. And I'm standing in my assignment. I got my word. I'm standing. In my word, are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants to move us out of this natural stuff into a realm of heavenly places. If we do this right, if we let God bring us up into the mountain of the Lord our God, 
This is, this is, I'm going to close with this picture. This is Isaiah chapter 2. He says, come, come and let us go up into the mountain of the Lord our God, to the house of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we might walk in his paths. You always ascend into the very presence of God. Did you catch that? Come, let us go up into the mountain of the Lord. Did you see it? You ascended right there. Did you see it? You ascended. Come, let us go up. When we get together, we're not just standing flat. We're not flatlining. We're not just here. We're actually coming to ascend. We're actually coming to be raised up once again in the level of the throne room. If we do this, and if we learn how to keep doing it right, it could change the city and region. It could it could create a throne zone where the glory of God is so accessible, the lesbians walk in and they walk out transformed. The addicted walk in, they walk out transformed. The abuser walks in, he walks out transformed. How? Because we created a place in a habitation of the heavenlies where we've learned how to maneuver and handle the holy properly. We've learned how to handle the holy properly. We've learned how to stand before God and minister unto God. I want to close right here. This is not past you. I'm not preaching past you tonight. This is actually what your spirit is crying out for. This is what I'm crying out for. Amen? God is good. Let's stand before him tonight. Cody, would you come? Let's stand before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.